The Tigers reclaim their crown by crushing Alabama. No Hollywood producer can write it, but I'm just telling you, if I can do it, if these Clemson Tigers can do it, hey, anybody can do it if you have a belief in yourself and what you're doing and you surround yourself with a bunch of great young people that are passionate about winning. And tonight, we conquered a mountain that ain't ever been conquered. The flag's on the top, and uh, man, I just, I can't wait to celebrate. I can't wait. Welcome to another episode of Trust the Pod. On this episode, we will be discussing the college football playoff national title game between Clemson and Alabama. We'll be talking about the NFL postseason, and we'll talk about NFL head coaching hirings. Now, here's your host, Trimble. Thank you, Paul. And this week, we have a lot to unpack, so I'll quickly start off with the Alabama versus Clemson game. Now, Paul, do you think this is the official end of the Alabama dynasty? Well, I think we need to pump the brakes on that one a little bit. Oh, um, is it? Is it too too quick? They're bringing in the number one recruiting class next year. There are some mm-hmm. analysts that would say that this might be Saban's best recruiting class that he's ever brought in, or the most talented they say that recruiting every class. Year, though. They, I know, but I think for us to write them off after one loss, I don't think is doing them a disservice. But I think this was pretty a pretty damning loss for Alabama. Um, just because they got they got run out of that stadium, and I mm-hmm. think that this is a uh, a microcosm of what we'd been saying for most of the season, not on the pod, unfortunately. Yeah. But basically, they're un- they were untested. They played nobody. Their best win coming into this game was mm-hmm. probably arguably Oklahoma, who they beat in the week before. Well, they had like a month to prepare for that. Exactly. And probably before that, it was LSU, an LSU team that. I'm not entirely sold on. I mean, that, that's pretty weak. LSU. I think that's an LSU team that would have lost to UCF had their quarterback not gotten injured in the mm-hmm. um, final game of the year. So how do you think they will respond next year? Do you think they're going to go to the championship game and possibly avenge themselves? Or are they going to take a step back, like one that we haven't seen so far under Nick Saban? They're not going to take a step back. Uh, if, any, if there's any Alabama fans listening... You, you can calm down. You can take, take a, a breath. St- yeah, take a breath. Take a step back from the cliff. Um, I think that they're going to have a great season next year. I'm not sure whether they'll win the national title. I think that's pretty much going to be Clemson's. I think Tua's going to have a good year. But again, I just don't see the SEC really competing week in and week out with team, or teams that would come from like the Big Ten or the ACC. Or a, I just don't see it as the dominant conference anymore. With the SEC? Correct. So you're saying, on record, the SEC is not the best conference in the U.S.? You can put that on the sound waves. You can carve that <laughs> into stone. You can Ooh. quote me till the day Ooh. that I die. Ooh. Well, unless something changes. But <laughs> I don't see the SEC being as dominant anymore. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think the Big Ten is the premier yeah. football And I think conference. we're both kind of biased on that facet, is that we both think the Big Ten is the best conference. But then you'll have some SEC fans be like, oh, look at look what LSU did to... Um, to a Michigan they, team yeah. that was missing half of its defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's that's where we are kind of... And a Michigan <laughs> team that had its sights set on the college football playoff, mm, lost, they got a game snubbed. To, lost a game to Ohio State. But and Paul, now, Georgia should have been... In the college playoffs. <laughs> you mean the same Georgia team? That, yeah. Uh, that lost to Texas? 
great Georgia team. Just give them a chance, Paul. They would have beaten Alabama. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I think there's a lot of people, myself included, that think it's kind of dumb to judge a conference or a team based upon their bowl game performance, especially in this day and age where people are going to sit out games if they think they're going to the NFL or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, speaking of that, I saw an article that said that Trevor Larch should sit down for two years. He should ride the bench for two years. His draft stock is the highest it will be. And what do you think of that? Do you think he should sit out for two years, or should he maximize his profits and play another two more years and risk it all? He's going to play football. That would be unprecedented. I mean, that would be crazy. first of all, ludicrous. First of all, this kid needs to play an entire football season, yeah. which he has not done. Mm-hmm. So there still might be some like crazy hype out there that he is, you know, this. This God sent down from the heavens straight into South Carolina to have Clemson finally destroy Alabama. He is a great quarterback right now. He's mm-hmm. going to face uh, challenges. He's going to face tough games. You know, he looked great that, against Alabama. That's something we need to see, too, is actual adversity facing him. Right. But, I mean, to go back to my previous point... I really do think the ACC is going to be a challenge next year. I think the Big Ten is going to be a challenge. The SEC is going to be a challenge. Mm -hmm. I think that when we look at conference superiority, we don't look enough at just individual team performance and kind of take it for what it is. I think everybody wants their conference to be great because it inflates their own Mm -hmm. egos. Makes them look a lot better. Right. The truth of the matter is, if you win all your games and you take care of your business, you're going to be playing for a college football national title. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the bigger news that come ha, that have come out recently, of course, this is the Arista name drop, is the Tate Martell transfer pool, and then you have Justin Fields going to Ohio State as well. So now we have this shift from this Tate Martell future in Ohio State to Justin Fields. So a lot of is still up for grabs, especially in the Big Ten. So I am very curious to see how well all this transpires, especially in college. Well, as, as we transition to the college football offseason, um, a lot of a lot of discussions going to be focused on transfers. Mm-hmm. And I think more so this year than any other year because we have three huge names that are going to be transferring. You have potentially Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and that's a, another huge transfer. You have Kelly Bryant from Clemson. Mm-hmm. We're still undecided. You have, and you have the Tate Martell, Justin Fields fallout. Yeah, and wherever Tate Martell Tell, ends up. Exactly. I think Ohio State right now is sitting very pretty with Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. That's um, a safe, safe pick for Very a safe pick. I think he, he, well, he was one of the number one quarterback recruits coming in. And I'm not really yeah, sure. Yeah, the number one. It was the highest rated quarterback yeah. now that Ohio State has ever gotten. I'm not really sure why he even picked Georgia in the first place if he knew Jake Fromm yeah. was going to be there. Yeah. Um, and was going to be there. Jay Fromm's only like a year older than him. Right. So, so what are you what are you really banking mm-hmm. on there? I think going to Ohio State, playing with a, a first year head coach, might be a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a risk. It is a risk. But I think that that is a well established program. They've mm-hmm. pretty much figured out how to dominate Michigan, and as long as they can figure out how to stay focused every single week, and you know, not get upset by Purdue again, mm-hmm. they'll be fine. I mean, 
The only other team that worries me in the Big Ten, and this might be a little bias popping in here, but the only other team that worries me in the Big Ten is Penn State, uh, challenging Ohio State's dominance, and they play at the horseshoe. So yeah. I don't. Re- I would. I would say this could be like a learning curve year for Justin Fields, and I'd feel pretty confident mm-hmm. about that going forward for this year and then next. And it's kind of it kind of benefits Justin Fields tremendously too, so not going to Penn State on the road because that is such a difficult place to play, especially if you're playing later on in the road where it's freezing. Right. I mean, you got a Southern guy down there moving up here. It's totally different. The one big road game I'd worry about is the Michigan game. But for whatever mm. reason, Ohio State just has their number. Like that that environment yeah. <laughs> just doesn't isn't intimidating. It's not even fans. a rivalry, I would say. Not right now. I would say it's more of a Penn State Ohio State rivalry where you have, you know, Penn State might win in 3 out of 4 years or something like that at least. Where Michigan, you know, it's been like 15 plus years. Well, <laughs> you know, you know a rivalry is suffering when one team wins and it's considered an upset and everybody's shocked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, now let me ask you this. Because this is a question that I think has been kind of burning at us uh, a little bit. Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. you are you are no longer Andrew Trimble. You are Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. You are the former quarterback of Alabama. You now have a decision to make. Where are you going? I would probably have to go to Oklahoma. I would agree. So if that is if Kyler Murray leaves, goes you know does whatever he wants, goes MLB, goes the NFL. That's up to that. Other than that, the options really are kind of limited. Which let me let me stop you there. The uh, Kyler Murray discussion will be a discussion we have on a future pod. Yeah, that's, please turn. We'll in, definitely tune be talking in. about that. Please later tune on. in. So where do you think he, like he he should end up, or where he would end up? There are two places that I would really really consider. I know that you know ESPN did a great article um, where they picked about six or seven locations. Mm-hmm. What but makes I think sense for Hurts? I think there's two that make really really good sense. I say Oklahoma would definitely be if I'm in his shoes, mm-hmm. that's where I go. I think Lincoln Riley's a fantastic head coach uh, and it makes a lot of sense for Oklahoma to do that as well. But another school that's kind of flying under the radar is UCLA. The Chip Kelly UCLA. Yes, the Chip <laughs> Kelly UCLA, the Chip Kelly UCLA that was like 0 and 8 in the Pac-10. So, know. is Jalen Hurts going to make UCLA great again? I think that he can make them relevant again. Relevant again, because I, yeah, they weren't even that good. <laughs> if you think that UCLA is going to the college football playoff or even going to be a top 10 team, I would say pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. But a conference that's weak like the Pac-12 that has a whole bevy of resources because you're recruiting in Southern California, and you have Chip Kelly who can construct an offense that might fit Jalen Hurts' skills, I think that makes a ton of sense. So you are kind of on the UCLA hype train. I think I would ask myself if I'm Jalen Hurts, do you want to go somewhere where you are going to put up gaudy numbers um, and attract some eyes for the NFL that you might not have attracted, or would you rather go somewhere mm-hmm. where you're going to compete for a national title next season? Yeah, it's just so up in the air with it. But I think that's what makes it so exciting because uh, on this ESPN article, uh, here are some of the schools if you want to ponder this as well. There's Florida State, Maryland, Miami, Oklahoma, Tennessee, TCU, and then we have UCLA to finish it off. So it'll be interesting to see what he picks up. 
But I think now it's time to transition to the NFL and the playoffs because on Saturday we have two more games. So we'll start out with the Saturday matchups. We have the Colts at the Chiefs. And then later on in 8-15, we have the Cowboys and Rams. So, Paul, who do you think is going to win the Colts and Chiefs game? I picked Kansas City. Um, I don't feel great about that pick. Uh, I'll get into that when we talk about the They Patriots haven't won game. at home since 1993. But I, I just think that they're, they're due. Andy Reid, this Andy Reid off of a bye thing is happening again. He's undefeated yeah. coming off the bye, or relatively undefeated coming relatively. off the bye. <laughs> On but, Eagles terms or like Kansas City terms? <laughs> well, I, I just think that they're a complete football team, and I think that the Colts are, are very hot right now, but going into Arrowhead, that place is going to be raucous. I think Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes does just enough to get the job done. And, uh, In his first Kansas career City playoff game, away. you have him over Andrew Luck. Well, I do. I don't feel great about this play. This, believe mm-hmm. it or not, is the pick that I don't feel... It's like a toss-up. This, this is the one that I don't like feel the most confident with. Even if I picked Indianapolis, I wouldn't feel confident. Mm-hmm. This would be my lowest confident pick. And, spoiler alert, I picked the Cowboys. Okay? Oh, for the next one. So, oh. so, You're not biased at all on that. <laughs> so I, I think that the, the Chiefs do just enough to get the win. What See, do you think? See, this is where I feel the surest. I have the Colts winning. They are the hottest team right now, and their running is great. You have Andrew Luck, who's looking like an MVP right now. And I just, I just, I'm on the believe train. I think the Colts mm-hmm. are going to wipe out the Chiefs. Well, shout out to my brother. I'm pulling mm-hmm. for the Colts. He is a huge Colts fan. So shout out to Johnny. <laughs> you know, let's uh, let's go Colts up. Um, but I just, I just think they'll just get by like I a, just I'm not like sure. a 31-28 kind of game, like a shootout. I, I picked Kansas City 28-27. Okay, so it's it, and it, it this is one that I've been going back and forth back and forth on. Mm-hmm. So you said you pick the Cowboys first Rams. So what do you think is going to happen in that game? Well, as much as it hurt me to watch the Eagles win on the double doink last week, it did help Dallas because I think they match up real well with L.A. Yeah, compared First of to all, the Saints. Well, yeah. First of all, look at the location. You're going to Los Angeles. The Perfect. Cowboys training camp is in Oxnard, California, which is about, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes north of the city. Mm-hmm. You know that that stadium, which is It'll be a home game for it is a home. It'll be a home game for Dallas because the L.A. fans have not really embraced the Rams. Mm-hmm. They, or the Chargers. That stadium, that stadium is... 50% whatever team they're playing. Yeah, the road team. You know, and, and with a team that has a huge fan following like Dallas or Philly like or Pittsburgh team. or Green Bay, it's like Lambeau or AT&T Stadium West, mm-hmm. okay? So I think that Dallas is that in their favor. I think the Rams, they've had like they've had some chinks in their armor coming down the stretch. Mm-hmm. They they're haven't played shaky. well. Um, I think that... The most telling statistic is the last four weeks of the season, the Rams have had the 27th ranked rush defense in the mm-hmm. league. And now they have Aaron Donald. Dallas too. Right, Ezekiel Elliott. You got to feed him. Yeah, they will feed Zeke. They have Aaron Donald. They have, well, if they're going to be smart, and that's the key thing. Is Scott Linehan going to give Ezekiel Elliott the ball? Yes, I think I think he gives Zeke the ball, and I think like at least he gives, 30 times. Yes, and I think that Dak Prescott. Uses should his be legs. Running. You are going to yes. see a if lot of win, mobile Dak Prescott. 
Also, the cornerbacks for L.A. are very, very aggressive corners. They aren't going to be very conservative. Their, their job isn't just to keep the guys in front of them and limit uh, yardage and yak. They are trying to generate turnovers. If Dallas doesn't turn the ball over, I think Dak throws for over 300 yards because mm-hmm. I think that they're going to give up a lot of big plays. Yeah, and I think the only way the Cowboys lose is to themselves. And at the end well, that's of the story of the season, <laughs> at the end of the day, I think the Rams will just pull it off. But it sort of leads to the next matchup: a Cowboys versus Eagles NFC Championship game. Do you think the NFL could turn that down? Or I want to just put this to bed right now. <laughs> I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't know whether not even this, with the NFL. I'm not a, no, I don't. I don't. I think that there are matchups that they would prefer. But you're telling me that they don't want Drew Brees moving on in the postseason. So I think you don't, right want, now, you don't want Drew Brees going to a Super Bowl, which is at my prediction from last pod. Because I think right now they want the Saints and Rams to be in like the NFC Championship game. But eventually, if you see it, if you have Dallas winning against the Rams, I think you'll have the Eagles come out victorious against so. New Orleans. I don't think so. That'd be crazy. I mean, if you want to talk about that game real quick, I'm yeah. T- so you just I, want to move to Sunday. I think I think New Orleans wins that game handily. I think they win that game handily. Because if you looked last week, Mitchell Trubisky looked tentative at times. And when mm-hmm. he kind of just decided, I'm going to sling it and I'm going to trust my receivers to make the play, they moved the they ball did. down the field. And that's what was so scary because Drew Brees in that offense is like 10 times better than the Chicago Bears. And we've seen in the regular schedule that when the Saints did play the Eagles, you know, the cornerbacks from the Eagles got torched, like the usual situation that happened in Philadelphia through week after week after week because of all the injuries you have Philadelphia getting, like, smothered in regards to the pass game. Well, I will credit Nick Foles where where credit is due. This man has proved me Mm -hmm. wrong time and time and time again. And as a Cowboys fan, I hate him for it. But you got to tip your hat to the guy. The guy just Mm -hmm. plain wins. He can't win. He just plain wins. He's like Tim Tebow on steroids. He just can't win. Yeah, he wins, but he also puts up up the stats, you know? (laughs) Yeah, he he can't win. That'd be great if he couldn't win. Tim Tebow, he can't win. (laughs) Oh, speaking of that, he got engaged, but who cares because you're irrelevant. Yeah, I know. But, um... (laughs) I just, I just feel like having watched as much football as I have this year and watching the New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees just looks like a man on a mission. Like He has this been the, the hottest year. player in the league. He is the league MVP. I, I will go out on a limb and say that regardless of the Patrick Mahomes, regardless of Todd Gurley, regardless of Ezekiel Elliott, Drew Brees is far and above the league MVP. He's yes. the best player in football last yes. year. The most consistent. And it, it is a travesty. That he hasn't won it yet. What? He hasn't? He has not won the MVP award. Wow. And I think throughout this whole year, he is the most consistent player. who's come in and balled out every single week. Where you look at like a Todd Gurley or like what you said, like a Patrick Mahomes. They kind of, you know, go in the dark for a little bit. But he has led that team and they look obviously like the most consistent team out there. Um, but now we have our last matchup with the Chargers at New England. Ugh. I'm picking New England. Because I'm sticking with my Super Bowl prediction, which was Saints and Patriots. Um, I will be rooting like heck for the Chargers mm-hmm. because I hate the Patriots. Same. And Bill Belichick is the spawn of Satan. Uh, that, <laughs> I can't confirm that report, but uh, I'm pretty sure... Word is out there. Yeah, I've watched enough Pittsburgh Dad episodes to <laughs> figure out what Bill Belichick is. Um, I'm terrified of having this happen. 
I'm terrified that the Colts are going to upset the Chiefs because this is what happens. Yep. I'm terrified of Tom Brady never losing in New Fox England. Bro, yeah. He doesn't lose in Foxborough in January. And then look who comes waltzing in. His old playoff whipping <laughs> boys, the Colts, who are who to the best of my knowledge do not have a win in Foxborough in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So, here's what's going to happen. The Colts will go in there. They'll be hot. They'll be the hotter team, the better team. But we've seen this movie before, haven't we? Stud quarterback, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. Decent defense going in there to face Tom Terrific and Bill Belichick. And what are they going to do? They're going to beat them again. And then we're going to watch the Patriots in the Super Bowl again. What is that, four straight years? Yeah. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. But I think if there's one person to take down Tom Brady right now... Sorry, it's three straight years, correction. It's Phillip Rivers, who I think is second, in my opinion, in the MVP voting. He's like the sneaky, I didn't know you were good, but then I looked at your stats. Like, if you did a blind comparison with him and some of the other bigger-name quarterbacks, you would be How old are you again? You would be shocked at his stats this season. So, uh, on ProFootballReference.com, um, it has Philip Rivers' statistics. His final statistics for the regular season, he had 4,308 passing yards, 32 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions with a quarterback rating. Yeah, quietly. Quietly getting 12 interceptions. Of 105.5. So, that's, that's great numbers right there. And no one's really even talking about him. And no one is giving any credit to the Los Angeles Chargers or people still call it the San Diego Chargers. Well, and the big thing with the Chargers, kind of like the Colts, they have a sneaky good defense. Mm-hmm. One that you're they, not talking about. Yeah, they have a great defense, and I think that is their biggest attribute, is their defense. That's what's kept them in all these games. So it took down Lamar Jackson. Right. Well, Tom Brady, though, is a completely different animal. Yeah, and the big thing that they're going to have to do is they're going to have to take a page out of the Giants' playbook um, from those Super Bowls that they mm-hmm. beat them. you no got to put him on his butt. Mm-hmm. you got to hit him. you got to hit him because – Last year when the Eagles beat them, the Eagles were able to go tit for tat. And Nick Foles balled out. But they didn't really hit Brady as much as they really should. I know Brandon Graham had the huge strip sack at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. But other there than that... There wasn't much of an answer. There wasn't much of an He threw for over 400 yards in the Super Bowl. <laughs> like He was torching that yeah. defense. I think if you can get in the backfield and you can hit Brady... Yeah. Get which, him scared at least. It will make all the difference. Now, you can't let somebody like... Edelman or Gronkowski beat you. You mm-hmm. absolutely cannot. And this game screams Rob Gronkowski, 208 yards, yeah. two touchdowns. Like his last run. Right. <laughs> he has like one leg out there, still catching everything though. All right, so as we're wrapping up this segment, you have the Rams, the Eagles, the Chargers, mm-hmm. and the Colts. So, correct? This is where my inner feeling comes out. I don't... I think in my head I have the New Orleans Saints, but in my heart I'm bleeding the magic of Nick Foles. Somehow, someway, he's going to do it, and I think he might. So, so it's the same reason why I picked the Cowboys. Yeah, you, yeah, don't against, yeah. you don't want to root against yourself. Yeah, I'm like rooting against myself. But yeah, I'll have the Colts beating the Chiefs. I'll have the Rams pulling out, the Chargers beating New England, and then I'll have the Eagles beating the Saints. Well, I know, I for one, I'm really looking forward to watching the games this weekend, 
Um, and I'm really looking forward to next week's pod uh, mm-hmm. with the reaction. I think that we are going to have a lot to talk all right, about. There will be a ton of, to talk about. So this kind of transitions to the news of the week. In well, the yeah, NFL. all the teams that are losing, their offseason yeah, starts on Monday. we got a lot of stuff going down. So. And some teams are already jumping over that whole offseason uh, hurdle already. And we're going to now talk about some coaching uh, hirings, some things that have caught our eye. And where do you want to start there, Mr. Trimble? I think we got to start off with the Cleveland Browns, baby. Here Why we go. am I, I not it. surprised? Freddie Kitchens. So this is what I don't get. So this goes out to Colin Coward, who possibly be, might be listening to this. Do you think he's listening <laughs> to the pod? Yeah, he, if it's about Cleveland, somehow he's on it. Maybe we'll make so. sure. We're going to make sure to at him. Uh, when we tweet this pod out for everybody. Yeah, I will at you, Colin. So this is what I don't get. He is so upset with this Freddie Kitchens hiring, which I don't get. One, he just makes one of his looks. Um, so, Colin, have you even seen Andy Reid? Like, and one, why are we always talking about looks now for football? That does not justify your like you NFL mean, intelligence you mean physical whatsoever. appearance, yeah, correct? Yeah, physical appearance, he's attacking Freddie Kitchens. He is literally just on the Cleveland hate train. But Freddie Kitchens was the best hire. I feel terrible about Greg Williams being let go. But if you keep Greg Williams and you demote him and promote Freddie Kitchens, what is that going to do in your workplace well, environment? You're gonna lose, you could lose Freddie Kitchens then. Yeah, because then he applied to the head coach position. And then, obviously, other teams would want to definitely hire Freddie Kitchens. So I think it was the smartest thing to do. You get Freddie Kitchens back with a baker. That is the best thing you can do. Let me ask you two questions that are going to basically base how I feel about this hire off of your answers. Mm-hmm. Is Baker Mayfield like Freddie Kitchens? You know, just a little bit. And by just a little mm-hmm. bit, you mean? He got fined, actually, doing a celebration, like, running up to Freddie Kitchens. I think he kind of likes <laughs> All right. So he likes Freddie Kitchens. He's a player's coach. And does he play better? Yes, tremendously compared under Todd Haley. Are you going to hit me with some stats? All right, so under Todd Haley, there's six games. Baker Mayfield was 58% completed. Uh, You have 245 yards passing, usually under uh, two touchdowns per game, one interception per game, and his QBR was 78.9. Now under Kitchens? Now under Kitchens, we have eight games. So he's throwing 68% completed. 281 yards a game, 2.4 touchdowns per game, and usually one interception per game. And his QBR, 106.2. But the big thing is that I didn't even talk about was the sack ratio. So under Haley, it was 3.3 sacks a game. Under Kitchens, it was 0.6. It's not necessarily the line. It was the schemes that Kitchens was running that made Baker more comfortable. It was going to ball out a lot quicker. I honestly am shocked looking at the splits, because I, I didn't really know the splits coming in. I knew that Baker had played a lot better, but looking at the stats, it is appalling how mm-hmm. bad he was under Todd Haley compared to how great he's been under Freddie Kitchens. And I think this is the hire that, th- this is the make or break hire mm-hmm. for Cleveland. you got your franchise quarterback, you yeah, have coach. your franchise coach, you have a ton of talent on offense between mm-hmm. David Njoku, who I think is going to have a breakout season next year. I think he could finish in the top yeah. 10 in tight ends. The next Antonio Gates, by the way. <laughs> Don't at me. <laughs> I think Jarvis Landry is going to have a real good year coming out of the slot. I think they still need a deep threat. 
but I think that's something they can address either in the draft or through free yeah. agency because they're a, very under the cap. Am I eighty million dollars to eighty spend million dollars under the cap and a good great uh, draft class. Now, for the sake of time, I don't want to get into this point, but there's some free agent wide receivers that are. Worth thinking about. Oh, that Jarvis was trying to bring over. Are One you hinting them. someone from Pittsburgh? No, Juju, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. I was going to ask you about Antonio Brown. And I don't want to turn this into the Browns offseason podcast here, but could you imagine bringing in Antonio Brown from Pittsburgh? Well, he's actually um, Antonio Callaway's like, mentor, too. Right. But I don't... I don't want Antonio You don't want Brown. that drama? I don't want that drama. Keep it out. Keep that in Pittsburgh. Self-destruct yourself even more. <laughs> that's the way I like it. Uh, right. I think he's going to San Francisco, but that's that's another topic for another podcast. So we'll kind of transition to the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, speaking because, about West. Because now we're going to be talking about looks. I know Colin definitely wants to be talking about um, Cliff Kingsbury because he's such a great hire. Because anyone that is associated with um, Sean McVay you're basically qualified now to be a head coach. And for this, there's a lot of different routes I could take, especially with the Kyler Murray aspect. I know Arista hates Kyler Murray and the aspect of him joining the Cardinals. But what do you think the Cardinals should do with Josh Rosen now that Cliff Kingsbury is their head coach? So, uh, one, I think that if you've been in like an airport bathroom with Sean McVay, or if you've used the same... I don't know, coffee mug is mm-hmm. Sean McVay. You've You're sneezed. probably going, yeah, you've <laughs> sneezed in the vicinity of Sean McVay and he said, God bless you. You're at the Metro with him. You're probably <laughs> going to get a head coach. You are qualified. Um, I really like Cliff Kingsbury because I think that he's the offensive mind of the future. I secretly right. was praying the Dallas Cowboys would bring him in as an OC candidate. That, but that 35-40 and 40 record at Texas Tech, it's, so qualified. Oh, the wow. best. Oh, wow. Like the fourth best Texas college <laughs> yeah. can't recruit. There's He's a so shock. good. There's a shock. He coached Patrick Mahomes. I think he'll be just fine. Now, if I'm Cliff Kingsbury, if Josh Rosen is not my guy, number one overall, I'm taking Kyler Murray. And I know that that sounds like blasphemy mm-hmm. because you can get Nick Bosa, who yeah. I think is going to be as good as Joey Bosa and going to be just a dominant defensive that, that's player. That's what I'd be more worried about is missing out on him. But here's the problem. You don't have a quarterback. You don't have a, well, that you don't you have a team. I don't trust Josh Rosen. I didn't like Josh Rosen last year. Mm-hmm. I was praying to God I, he was going to go I, to I the Giants. Was, I, I said he was going to be a bust for the longest time. Just go through my Twitter feed. Josh Rosen's so good. Oh, these analysts so, saying so he's much so better good. Than Baker. Yeah, he's so much better than Baker. Right, and then turn here off we your go. Browns I know. For I, need, I, need, I need to turn it down. <laughs> but you have the Cardinals last year. They kind of settling for Josh Rosen. But now we have the potential. We have Cliff Kingsbury. Someone found that clip from October of t- 2018 saying, oh, he would be or should be the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Now, with this. With Cliff Kingsbury in the position to draft Kyler Murray, do you think he actually does that? I think I think he does, unless there's an absolute tank by Kyler Murray at the, either the Combine or uh, his Pro Day. I really do believe, though, that if Cliff Kingsbury thinks he's his man, he, make, he pulls the trigger and makes that selection. And I think, I do think that's the right thing to do. I do. To get Kyler? Because I think that he fits the offense he wants to run. Yeah, I think it, they would work tremendously better than what they had with Josh Rosen. Because 
with Josh Rosen's whole attitude, I don't know what the NFL was thinking of how he was going to change. He'd be like a really good NFL player, but oh, his arm is so good. But if you have like Kyler Murray in that offense, have you ever watched? How can you turn that down? Josh Rosen's college film. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, watch the game. He has oh. an arm though. His arm. But once, if you're not accurate, your arm is meaningless. Like every kid who is a quarterback, even in high school, you have an arm. Right. But you're not accurate. You're not successful. Well, think about this offense. Because Josh Rosen is your prototypical pocket passer. But Kyler Murray mm-hmm. is, is mobile. He has functional yeah. mobility. And he's accurate. He's just like Baker, but a little bit smaller. That's you know who he reminds me a lot of? Russell Wilson. Yeah, and there's a lot of comparisons with him and Russell. Yeah. So if you take a Russell Wilson-type quarterback and you add David Johnson and you mm-hmm. add maybe perhaps another year of Larry Fitzgerald, that's something. It's a lot better offense now, than what they have. he plays in one of the toughest divisions in the league. I think you're going mm-hmm. to see a bounce back from San Francisco next year yeah. with a full year of Garoppolo, Kittle, McKinnon. I think Even if, they get, if they get Antonio Brown, that's huge. Seattle's going to be always good or at least in Relevant. the picture. And the Rams, I think, are going to be good as well. So it's going to be tough, but if I'm Cliff Kingsbury and that's my guy, I pull the trigger mm-hmm. and I draft him. And I think that Kyler Murray should choose football. Because mm-hmm. yeah, he that's the thing. He has to weigh the option because he's obviously getting people that are telling him from the higher-ups that he will get drafted You know, at least the top 10. If you're getting drafted in the top 10, you will make up that money that you owe to the Oakland Athletics. Right. I th- I think too, it would be about two years before Kyler Murray plays a meaningful baseball game. You know, at the earliest, at the at the very earliest. And baseball is so unpredictable. Now, granted, his body will stay intact because he's probably not going to get super injured playing baseball, mm-hmm. and he can make a boatload more money playing baseball. But if he's a, I think he's a competitor. I don't know Kyler Murray. But I, I I just just by watching him, I think he's a competitor. Oh, you think? Yeah. The Heisman, a competitor. I think he's a competitor, and I think he wants to be in the NFL. Because if he gets drafted by the Cardinals, week one, he's starting. He's starting an mm-hmm. NFL football game. He shines game. a lot brighter in the NFL being oh. a star compared to the MLB. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, granted, he could make $300 million if he plays baseball really well. But mm-hmm. in the NFL... That's 10 years from now. At, right. Uh, like the earliest. Um, so, lastly, I think we'll end on a more depressing topic. The Green Bay Packers hire <laughs> the Titans offensive coordinator, Matt LaFleur. So, Paul, what do you think about this? Do you think this is a great hire or the best hire? C, neither. <laughs> neither. <laughs> I, I don't like the Matt LaFleur hire. Yeah. I really don't. I, I'm, this was pretty I'm, early on, too, in the coaching hire. I'm really failing to see why they made this decision. Because if you look at his body of work in Tennessee, did that Tennessee— They regressed. That Tennessee offense, one, regressed, two, was not impressive at all, and three, I think it had a ton of weapons that it misused just horrifically and really was just the 9-7 and seven football team that they turned out to be. Yeah. You know, Marcus Mariota, granted, dealt with some injuries, but I think is a lot better than his stat line. You have uh, Corey Davis, who you completely forgot about. You have Derrick Henry, who should be the bell cow. He should be the, the Zeke Elliott, Todd Gurley mm-hmm. kind of back that you just feed him all game long. Didn't happen. Tennessee, Tennessee was the arguably one of the biggest disappointments this year, and it was their offense that was disappointing. 
and I think Matt LaFleur has a lot of, of blame for that. So I don't really see why you bring him in unless you really just want Aaron Rodgers to sort of be the, the foe. That's, that's how and, I and see And Matt LaFleur is the whipping boy. He It's sort of like when LeBron is on a team, we're going to hire someone who's very passive, like a Toronto Lou, so, he can, so LeBron can coach everyone else, and Toronto Lou sort of does his own thing. This is how I see it with Aaron Rodgers. You have this guy who's not really qualified, so now Aaron Rodgers is pleased. He can do what he wants, and no one will question him on it. I would agree. I think this is this is Aaron Rodgers' team. Uh, if I'm the Packers, that's what I want. I want somebody mm-hmm. who is basically going to um, do whatever my star quarterback, arguably the most talented quarterback in the NFL, I'm going to do whatever he wants. Because there's no reason this team should not be in the postseason every year. With Aaron Rodgers yeah. in a weak division, it, there's no there's reason. There's no reason. And now we are getting near the end of Aaron Rodgers' career. So this is sort of like the Hail Mary yeah, like for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Speaking of depressing note, I think we wanted to talk about one more head coaching hiring that was made, and uh, yeah. you know, New my, York. Let me, yeah, let me, let me, let me preface this with this: my uncle is the biggest Steelers fan I've ever met in my entire life, and he has this theory that New England really isn't as great as they should be. Look they at their division. Play, they just play the in the easiest division in the NFL. And I have to believe him when I look at this stupid hire by the New York Jets. So the Jets this week hired Adam Gase uh, to be their new head coach. He was the head coach of the Dolphins. He was, what what was his his record there? Not great. Yeah, Yeah, he was a 6-10 coach this year. He was one of the hottest head coaching hirings. They thought he's going to revolutionize the game. He's going to revolutionize this Dolphins offense, and he didn't. But does that surprise you? No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised he got a head coaching job, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised. I thought it was going to be like an like an offensive coordinator. Or I something. was really surprised it was with the Jets, because do you really want Adam Gase and Sam Darnold together? Well, and I think that's had, like, that's a theory Kingsbury? though. That's the theory. So since uh, Kingsbury was off the market, then we got to get this new, uh, like, young offensive mind to develop Sam Darnold, and I feel like that's the only you mean reason. The, you mean the hot new young offensive mind that was supposed to develop Ryan Tannehill? Yeah. Ryan Tannehill is so good now. No, he's basically going to get traded. That's a whole other topic there. Though. So, so the Dolphins, I think, are the biggest dumpster fire right now yeah. in the NFL, and that's saying a lot. You end your career in Miami, like My, Miami, and why and. Why I say they're a dumpster fire is I feel like every year their ceiling is eight and eight and their floor is like yep. six and ten. Yeah. It's never bad enough that they're ever going to get a, like a string of top five picks where they can yeah. build something, but it's never good enough that they're actually going to make the postseason or make some noise. And and don't mm-hmm. at me and say, oh well, they made the postseason last year. Yeah, and they got absolutely like thrashed by Pittsburgh. <laughs> like it wasn't even close. Or was that was last year, right? Or was that two years ago? Maybe it was two years ago. Either way, they're not a good football team. They're not anyone that is challenging for a Super Bowl bid anytime soon. Yeah, and that's the kind of the troublesome worry with the Dolphins is, and sort of like the Bills and Jets. They are just never any good against the Patriots, and then the Patriots, they don't have a problem. So even with their 11-5 record, uh, the Patriots, that might be a little bit inflated. And if I look at the Jets, the Jets are... 
the Jets are just another dumpster fire kind of team because they just can't figure out their identity. They're a team that doesn't have an identity. They were a team that, under Rex Ryan, as as much as they were criticized and as much as butt fumble Sanchez is criticized. That was their greatest moment, so. Yeah, that was their greatest moment since Joe they Namath. I mean, they they went to AFC title games. They won AFC playoff games, and they did it on the backs of their defense. Now, if you want to be a defensive team, then hire a defensive coach. But it seems like they want to be an offensive team. And I would have to ask them, with what weapons? With what weapons? You don't have a running back. Your quarterback, we'll see. He's entering his second season. Who's your top receiver? Robbie Anderson? Yeah, that's the only one, the only person they got. How's your offensive line? Hey, Not good. All they got, all they need. Sam Darnold, that's their answer. Yeah, it's all they got. <laughs> We all we got, we all we need work because the Eagles actually had some talent on that roster yeah. last year. The Jets do not have that. Sam Darnold's playing with, like, the YMCA team who's there at, like, 7 a.m. who's just taking up your basketball yeah. court. which works when you got LeBron James yeah, that on, works. That, yeah. on that YMCA team. Yeah, in 2016, team. you can beat the best you, team to ever play. You do not have that with Sam Darnold no. just yet. I think he's going to be good. I think he'll be the second-best quarterback out of that bunch. Yeah. But if you're the Jets, I would say... Temper your expectations, and I wouldn't shock me if the Giants have a better record next year. Oh yeah, I think I think the Giants will definitely have a better record than the Jets, but we'll see sort of with the draft where they go because that could totally change everything. My, if I were running the Jets, start building your O line. Your O line. Look, look at the Cowboys. Look at the success that they have. Is Dak doesn't light up any spreadsheet or any stat sheet, but he is good because of his O-line. Look at other quarterbacks that are good because of their O-line. Russell Wilson stepped in behind one of the best offensive lines in the league and won a Super Bowl in his second season. Trust your offensive line. Jets, I'm begging you. I'm not a Jets fan by any stretch of the imagination. But Jets, We just want to see someone, we just want to see someone beat, beat New England. <laughs> That's what it please all comes down to. Please build your offensive line. Just, just take I'm them begging down. you. Well, I I'm think, begging you. I think this uh, pretty much summarizes all the key points that we want to hit on. And I just want to thank you, Paul, for joining me. And I'm pretty sure next week we'll have a ton to discuss as well. Oh, we're going to have a lot to discuss. And I hope everybody that's listening shares us with their friends, uh, likes us on Facebook, Twitter, checks us out, uh, and shares our pod. Yeah, man. Check yeah. us out. Yeah, follow for follow. Yeah, we'll sub for sub. We are team follow back. <laughs>